You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. It's like without being renewed um, in Christ and without being renewed from God and comforted by Him, without taking the time to, to wait on Him, rest in Him, have hope in Him, without that, I don't think we're capable of doing this. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor. Today, talking about renewing others with two special guests. First, we have lead pastor Jose Abaro with us. Jose, thanks for being here. here. And we've got the doctor in the house, Dr. Sean Stover, and the speaker from this past Sunday's amazing message, talking about renewing others, kind of a follow-through from the last week's message. So, Sean, I'd love to give you the first word. Kind of what were some of your thoughts of not only picking the topic that you did, but even just some of the points and passages as you prepped for this week? It, I love it when Jose gives me a chance just to pick the topic and decide what to teach that Sunday. And so I prayed through it for a while. And then hearing Jose a couple of weeks ago talk about, you know, God's renewal of us and renewing our strength, definitely just it, it, it hit. You know, it's like, hey, let's take the next step in this process because I, I want to be renewed I, and I, I need the Lord to renew me. But once I once I get that renewal, what do I what do I do with that? You know, do I just selfishly? hang out, me and me and God get in a spiritual high, um, or do I actually take that and, and use it? So to me, those two always seem to go together. It's like the best way to stay fresh in my faith is to renew with the Lord and then share it with others. And I do get tired and empty. And then it's like, all right, man, I got to go back and renew with the Lord. And it's a constant process, but it keeps whatever's inside my spirit fresh. Yeah. Uh, when I walk it out that way. That's so good. And you have some great points that I want to get to in just a second. But first, I'd love to kind of talk with both of y'all about just even this concept that not only has God wanting, not only does God want to comfort us, but also for us to extend that to others. And why is that so important and even necessary when it comes to receiving our own comfort? I always think about the question that is asked often, why do why does bad things, why do bad things happen to good people? And the answer is, well, I don't know. I don't know why tragedy happens and, and chaos, why, why there is chaos. We live in a broken world. We know that. But this verse always has helped me put it in a different perspective that I don't know, but now you have the power. Once you go through that, once you're comforted by the Lord, by others to comfort those that are going through a similar thing. So I lost a friend uh, when I was 17 years old, and I now know what it's like to be that age and lose a very close friend. So I've been able to do that various times in my life. Uh, Sean, I loved how you shared about your mom yesterday, and I've seen you uh, minister to uh, folks that, that that have lost their mom. And so that comfort comes from the Lord, but it's also meant for others. Yeah, I think that it, uh, the ministries at the church celebrate recovery. It's based on that model, you know, of people receiving from the Lord and then comforting others. And I think that it's uh, clearly a way that God's designed us to grow in our faith because the more we receive from Him, uh, and then we get to utilize that in the lives of others. And then we watch the powerful change. It reinforces, you know, that, wow, all right, God is inside me and his spirit is alive in me. And he did gift me to, to make a difference. And it encourages us to continue in the disciplines of the faith, the, the praying and the fasting and the fellowshipping with believers and the growing in the word so that we can show up for others. And I, I think it's just a part of his marvelous plan to continue to say, hey, look, I could do all this by myself, but... I would be wasting a lot of experience that I'm giving each of you. And, and part of the beauty of it created in my image is you get to do some of the things that I get to do. So I get to comfort others. You go comfort others. And I love being a part of that. 
That's so good. That's great. Okay, so let's jump into these uh, practical steps. And I thought, okay, how do I practically apply practical steps on the Conversations <laughs> podcast? Because it's already so practical. But I think one of the things that um, maybe for for many, if they're like me, that listen to the the great message was a lot of these are not new truths. These aren't any kind of like thing that you pulled out, but it's it's just a really helpful reminder. And so I think when I heard those, I'm like yeah, I need to be, I need to do that more. I need to be better at that. And so I'd love for us just to start with taking these kind of six and just kind of even just starting with acknowledging, maybe talking through the reasons why we don't do these things, just so we can kind of, my hope is that the listeners afterwards have more of a game plan as far as how they would approach each of these six. So that's not just something they hear on Sunday, like, oh yeah, I need to be more kind. I need to listen, but like be more uh, cognizant of, of kind of the reasons why we don't do each of these. And so the first one here is show up and be fully present. Present. Uh, Sean, I loved how you talked about showing up as most of the battle when it comes to you know, a lot of examples, both big and small, like the first day of school. So, so why, you know, what is so hard just in y'all's own lives to do this? I know y'all both do this well. So maybe just the times where you don't necessarily want to do this, but what are some of the, the struggles that you have there and, and how do you kind of keep uh, orienting yourself so that you can be someone that's showing up and fully present? <laughs> I think that one for sure. I like your approach, Taylor, that you're asking us to do. It's like, what what stops us from doing these things? Because they're not rocket science and they're not incredibly new ideas. They're just simple things we need to put into practice. And so then why are we not doing it? Right. Well, this one is is really to me about time. It, it's just time. We we have so many demands on our time and it's a finite amount that we have. You know, if we're going to rest a little bit, sleep a little bit at night, then we've got a little bit of time to, to serve and do things with others. And how we say yes and how we say no and what we choose really depends on the importance of the way we place things in our life. And so that brings me to the second thing. Time is a big issue in this one showing up. And the other is, you know, what's your mindset toward those calls that come in or those texts that come to you? I mean, are they distractions or, or are they opportunities? And depending on your mindset, it'll determine whether you show up or whether you, you run away. And if you look at things as a distraction, oh, gosh, there's another thing that's going to mm-hmm. take away from I had a to-do list set and then I, I had my agenda set for the day and now this person is called and, and they need 15 minutes with me. And if that's a, a distraction or a burden, then it's going to be easy to not show up. But if that's, man, man, that could be the Lord asking me to go step in for that person. That's an opportunity. Then it's going to, so that mindset is a big thing. And then just us making sense of time. We, we need to be the masters of our time and not let time master us. <laughs> I'll never forget. I just had something. Yeah, I know. That's so good. Sean and I I thought about my sophomore year of high school when we were in the playoffs during football season and uh, coach just liked the way that I was hitting during the warmups. And he taught the older guys a lesson and put me in as a starter uh, in that playoff game. And I thought I was way out of my league. I was way out of my league, especially as an uh, outside linebacker. Did you see Ooh, it? Oh, man, yeah. Uh, but I knew it was an opportunity to to, to, the, to your point. And so I played my hardest and I did well because I was so in the zone. Well, then years go by. I'm a senior and I didn't take every play the same way. I didn't see it as an opportunity. I saw it more of a distraction. I just need to get through the game. And we were not that good my senior year compared to my sophomore year. So I was not as excited. I was not as motivated. And I think about um, our jobs Every job that we have, some of us may not be excited with our jobs, what we do, but if we see it as an opportunity as believers to infuse love to whoever is in front of us, that gives us an opportunity that goes way beyond what we're called to do, whatever our job may be. And that gives us purpose. And it's also our 
highest priority. So you touched on that too yesterday. That's really good. I know creating margin in our day for those unexpected distractions is a really good discipline to put into place. I mean, scheduling yourself wall to wall with no margin in there, unfortunately, robs you of the chance to take advantage of these opportunities that God gives you. I mean, maybe the highlight of my summer, and I've watched my kids do amazing things, and I've done fun things with my wife, um, but I was driving down the road and uh, I, I reached out to Jose because I was going to try to meet with him later that day. And he said, hey, I'm over with MF at her bedside. And is there any way you could stop by here right now? And uh, I didn't think I could, but I looked at and I said, sure, man, I can push something aside. And I went in that unexpected opportunity to that 30 minutes we had beside this woman of wisdom mm-hmm. and uh, humor and, and passion is the highlight of my summer. And it was an unexpected opportunity. And I, I think we did bring comfort to her, but I received so much yeah. back in, in the process. But it you know, if you schedule yourself out with no margin for what God may need from you in a day, then you're going to miss out. So that showing up is important. I want to add something to that too, because sometimes we look for those opportunities without any sort of schedule or planning. And so Proverbs 69 is my favorite, that a man makes his plans, but the Lord directs our steps. So make a plan and then watch God throw opportunities where you'll be able to to go around. So on one side, we live very, very busy lives. And then I think some of us are on the other side. And we need to go ahead and find that job, get that discipline, uh, work on that routine, and then watch God uh, shift things as we go through that. That's good. A balance there. That's, yeah, that's really good stuff. Okay, so yeah, so much there. That's great. Okay, number two is listen to understand. And again, we'd love to ask y'all the kind of same, same question here, especially I feel like both of y'all are very wise. So there's a lot that, at least I don't know about y'all, but you could just make the case of, oh, I've got a lot to say, or this person is wanting me to say something. So so how do you listen to understand? And also, how do you, yeah, what, what stops you from doing that? Uh, this, talking. So <laughs> Sean was about to say something and I cut him off. So I do that too often. So I wanted ahead and take the opportunity to illustrate it in that way. But I love to talk. I love to share what... I get excited about uh, when, when I hear something, I, I get something comes into my mind. I get excited about it. I'm an extrovert, an external processor. And so I love to share it. And God is teaching me to zip it and listen. Thankful for both of you who do that very well in my life. Show me how. That's awesome, Jose. And that awareness is important. You know, there are a lot of us that are wired like Jose that that want that, that are ready to talk. I mean, we've got something on our heart. We want to share it. We want to talk. There's also a group of people that I think don't get enough attention, but probably need to be called out. And that is people who listen, but they do it to respond, which mm-hmm. is different than the point here. Mm-hmm. Listening to respond, those are the people that are kind of, yeah, I'm listening to what you have to say. And I'm formulating my thought that I'm going to give you back, my opinion I'm going to give you back, or my story that's better than the story you're telling right now, or I'm going to one-up you a little bit, or yeah, I'm just going to try to give you something that kind of shuts down this conversation so that I can move on. So there's people who just talk and don't listen. And there's people in the second category that I think listen to figure out how they're going to respond. And then there's the kind of people that I think God wants us to be if we're going to comfort others. And that's the kind of people who listen to understand. All they're trying to do is just draw somebody out. Hey, help me understand that a little bit better. Tell me a little bit more about that. Wow, what was it like? What were you feeling when that was going on? Powerful questions like that that are just trying to gain, you know, get the person to feel safe enough to share what's Mm -hmm. going on at a deep level. 
Yeah, that's really good. Uh, yesterday after the message, I was thinking this is very random, but thinking about growing up as the oldest child and how I always was the one. I just thought it was my duty to always be the last word or to have the best opinion. Like I had several years on my on my siblings, so I just naturally that made me the most you know the expert in the room. And so I realized looking back yesterday how much of that came from an insecurity that I needed to always be right and I need to like make sure that if I if I'm not right or if I'm not. Uh, significant that that's going to impact my worth as far as the way they see me. And anyways, I just, it's a lot there, but I just started thinking (laughs) about that and how that is a lot. If I dig down to the root of why I always want to be the one to talk first and listen later, it's because it's like, I want them to make sure they know what I have to say or that I'm right, or I've always got the last word. So I was just thinking about that as, as I was trying to apply this. Yeah. And it's real simple, uh, you, you know, as you think about it, Taylor. So, so what did they walk away feeling? Well, they probably walked away feeling they might have got wisdom from, they might have walked away educated or they but might, might have walked away <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somehow illuminated in knowledge that you shared with them. Um, but they, they may not have walked away feeling known. Right. And at the end of the day, yeah, people want advice, but more than that, they want to feel connected. They want to feel known. And they want to feel understood. That's you. You said that well yesterday. That there's uh, no better feeling than 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 feeling understood. And that neat uh, parallel that Mary Dunn brought up about just the brain and yeah. the sections of the brain between the same part that responds to the love, the same that responds yeah. to being understood. I thought that was that was really cool. Powerful. So great stuff. Okay, so number three here is show compassion and care. Again, something that y'all have a lot of opportunities to do this, but I'm sure there's many times where you're just either exhausted or there's just plenty of reasons why not to show this to people. So how do you kind of keep having that heart of compassion towards people despite all the stuff that y'all encounter and both relationally and just personally? Jose's practicing listening. Look at him doing a good job over Thank there. You. Thank you. Yeah. I did it so you noticed. And I did notice and can give you credit. No, absolutely. You. you know, I think <laughs> this one, uh, it, maybe as much as any of them, is contingent on what Jose taught the week before. It's like without being renewed um, in Christ and without being renewed from God and comforted by him, without taking the time to, to wait on him, rest in him, have hope in him, Without that, I don't think we're capable of doing this. I mean, we might be able to show up empty and exhausted and be physically present there. And, you know, we might be so tired, we don't even talk, we just listen. But man, to show compassion means you have something inside you that you can give away. And uh, so to me, the key here is, am I receiving the compassion and comfort from the Lord? And if I am, then I naturally want to want to pass that on because it is a deeper level of feeling. It's not, I'm not just, I'm not just beside you. I'm I'm in it with you. Like we're in this together. I'm going to feel what you feel. I want to share what I'm feeling as a result of that. I want to get to a deep heart level connection with you and uh, talk about moving from feeling understood to being known and, and feeling connected. You, you do that. Yeah. And sometimes we can't show care and compassion because others haven't shown care and compassion. So we do have that vertical relationship with Jesus mm-hmm but we haven't sensed that from others. And I am so delighted when I hear people talk about Cypress Creek Church and say it's such a loving, welcoming place where people really care for one another. That's something that we need to fight to protect because that's where people have a sense of knowing who God is, how much God loves them, and and that we are an imperfect people also on a journey to pursue Jesus but we're going to care and, and show compassion. So you can't give what you haven't first received. Yeah. And that includes compassion and care from others. 
I think a lot of these uh, truths y'all both said relate to this, the fourth point here too about speak with encouragement and wisdom as well. So maybe just kind of hitting this real quick, but as far as when it comes to the encouragement and wisdom side, Sean, I love a piece you mentioned as far as just and the order of these helps inform the next step. So being able to have listened and then even just out of that heart of compassion helps. So I'd love for you all to maybe expound on that just a little bit. Yeah, I think sometimes we skip to this step and it unfortunately robs us of the connection that could have happened or the understanding we needed to give good counsel, good wise biblical counsel. And frankly, you you enter a lot of people's lives where they don't even need you to get to this step if you do the first few. I mean, raising teenagers, I've found that Man, when I shortcut all the way to this step and forget the first three, I, I rob them of a chance to grow. I, I, I kind of say to them, hey, I know it all and you don't. I, I kind of, you know, belittle them in some ways. And so, uh, you know, I've, I've watched as I've done the first, you know, I get to here and, and then it's, it's more like, hey, what do you think you should do? Or what do you think God's telling you to do? And it's amazing the wisdom they come up with at that point once they feel like they're not alone in it. So being able to... Uh, and, and then just being able to give biblical counsel, which takes knowing what God, yeah. you know, what his word says and how to apply it in daily situations, because we need it. We all need good counsel from time to time. Uh, and it is encouraging when you get it from somebody. You know, when I, when I listen to people, I'm often also listening to the Holy Spirit to see what he wants me to share with uh, some people. And I'm grateful that I, I learned that. That wasn't something that I first did. So many people, y'all, others in my life have listened to something that I've shared and also listened to the Holy Spirit. And then what comes out is exactly what I need to hear. And that's this encouragement and wisdom. The Holy Spirit does not contradict himself. So he spoke to us via his word. So it's going to, uh, um, if it's from him, going to align with what scripture says. So yeah, that listening is huge to both the person and also the Holy Spirit. And then just share something that the Holy Spirit is saying to you. And it may sound very spiritual, but it's actually Holy Spirit is very practical. It's it's very practical. You just have that sense, that knowing in you, in your mind through a thought and share that, be bold in faith and, and watch that actually communicate care and compassion to the other. I wish I had written down, Jose, that's so good, the, the listening to the Holy Spirit. I wish I had, had written down a, a list of the things that I've heard people say over the years that were just so harmful or hurtful, you uh, know? I mean, things like, oh, I know exactly what you're going through. Um, you know, there's just little things that we we've been we've been taught to say or culture tells us to say that aren't from the Holy Spirit. They're not biblical. They're us just trying to connect with somebody in a in a fake way, and it does so much damage. I mean, I don't know that I've ever said that in an authentic way to a person. You, you can't know what another person is going through. I mean, you could have a similar experience and you could share that experience with them when it's appropriate, but don't ever say, "I know exactly what you're going through," because we don't. What would you what would you say instead, Sean? Because I've definitely said that to others, like, no, I've gone through the exact same thing, something like that. So what would be a good way of 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 sharing that? Yeah, I think just being open to saying, hey, I, I've experienced some things in my life. And, you know, I, even let me tell you, I, I did lose a mom when I was nine. But man, that's different than losing a mom when you're 18. Or that's different than you losing your mom at nine years old because you didn't have a dad in the picture. Or there's always going to be something a little different. And I don't know what it, it's just if you acknowledge that, hey, I'm connecting with you on this, which is okay to do. But I also see there's some subtle differences here. It kind of lets them know, okay, look, they're, they're individualizing me. 
They're not just yeah. trying to lump me into a box along exactly. with everybody else that's ever lost a parent and that's what it's like. Or everybody else that's had a marriage problem or everybody yeah. else who's had a rebellious kid or whatever the situation is. We're all unique. And people, honestly, in their spirit, they need to hear, oh, wait, wait, you're just connecting with me right now. You're not mm-hmm. trying to tie this back to some experience so that you can put me in a box and check mm-hmm. me off the list and keep going that's, forward. Yeah. That's that's really good. It's a good word right there. Okay, so the last two, uh, number five is act with kindness, and then number six is pray. And I would love, you mentioned this a little bit, just even you like the order in this, and so I'd love for you to kind of expound on that a little bit, both of y'all's take on that, because again, these these two things are very simple. You're acting with kindness and you're praying, and yet, I don't know about you, but sometimes these are sometimes the hardest of the yeah. whole equation. So yeah. how do you keep these at the forefront and, and and doing it well? I like them at this point in the list because they're informed at this point. Yeah. So the kindness that you show is going to be directed at the area it's supposed to be. I know that Ephesians 4.29 verse actually said, you know, speak to build others up according to their needs mm-hmm. so that it may benefit those who hear. Well, you can only get those two things right, the last two, according to their needs. So may, if you've listened and you know, yeah. it's the same way with your actions. You know, I mean, we had a simple illustration from here at church, the meal train, and Jose was talking about it earlier that, uh, man, the meals were set up and people were bringing those meals and that felt like a huge act of kindness, except that person wasn't was in a done. place to even eat the meals. <laughs> like, they, and so food is just stacking up on their counter and now they're feeling guilty because all these people are and they're not able to eat it. And we was doing the, it wasn't kind to them. Mm-hmm. And we had, you know, Jose listened and they shared and it's like, all right, wait, we need to reverse. We need to find another way to show kindness. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just because we think it's kind doesn't mean it's necessarily going to resonate with that person. So that's why I like it at this point in the list. And the same with prayer. You have it down here because, man, now when you pray for somebody, it's like, hey, let me tell you specifically what I'm going to pray for. Because I listened to you and I heard you and I care about you and I'm in this with you. So what I'm going to pray for are these things. And when you say them back, they're like, whoa, they do understand. And they are interceding with the Father for the very things I'm needing right now. I have nothing to add to that except we need to be more kind. Kindness is in short supply these days, and it goes so long. You can still be strong in the Lord and stand up for your faith and not, um, you know, sway in your beliefs and be kind. Those are not mutually exclusive. So we can be kind and disagree with another person. We can be kind and and say in our hearts that person is is wrong. But us telling them that they're wrong is not going to A, comfort anyone, or B, really sway them to the other side. I think we're seeing that through and through. So that yeah, and that's, that's a perfect segue just to my last question here, which, again, I, I see this list and I think of just times where it's easy to do these as far as people that reciprocate it back to me or just are, are nice and fun people to be around. But I love how you kind of ended the message just kind of highlighting that this we're called to love and to share comfort and compassion to everyone. And 12, so, yeah. Yeah, so especially those, I'm just thinking in my head right now, the people that are hard to love, that are hard, that are not showing the compassion back the way that that I may feel like I have done to them. So how do both of y'all navigate that and how do you still have comfort and love towards people that are either very different or just not not nice sometimes? I, w- I want to start with this one. I want to speak first on this one. You deserve because- it. You deserve it. You've earned it. <laughs> I don't know about that, but this is, this is, uh, 
simple theology that Jesus is on mission to make all things new. He's on mission to share uh, his love with all people and he's using us broken people to do that. So when we love those that don't deserve it, we're being like Jesus. He loved us when we didn't deserve it. So that's the type of love that's actually going to change the world. Love that doesn't deserve it, that you can't earn that type of love. It's given freely, period. And I think that's really comforting. When you show up to someone that's hurting and and they know you, you know them, and, and you guys know that there's all these disagreements, they may have even hurt you terribly. But when you show up and you comfort, that's loud. And that's Jesus. That's how he loved us. It's a powerful form of evangelism to, to love others unconditionally and care deeply for them. I think that the the Romans 12 passage, you know, verses three through eight or so are talking about the different gifts that we have. And, and it is first and foremost for the building up of the body. But those gifts work outside the body too. So I wouldn't ask somebody to go out and do something to a person who's mean or cruel or belligerent or resistant or hostile that's outside their gifting. So for me, you know, to go be passionate and energetic and, and a cheerleader <laughs> for my neighbor who's nasty and ugly and rude, I, that's going to, it's not going to work. It's just, that's going to look fake for me. It's going to, you know, even raise their resistances even more. But you know what I do is I, I, I am a good listener and I am good at caring for people, you know, just in a one-on-one conversation. So if I take that over that gifting, it translates outside the body to anybody. So that would be my encouragement here is don't try to go out there in the world and be everything to everybody. Just take what God's put inside you and use it inside the church with believers, with people you love and with people that are out there that need it desperately, who are going to be resistant to it. Um, But even there, God infuses that gifting and that talent and that ability to make a difference in the lives of others. Absolutely. And Sean, I love that you put prayer as the last point, because not only do we have an opportunity to pray 24 hours of prayer uh, as school is ramping up, but also when we've gone through all of these steps, it's a great reminder that we can always go to the Lord, that he's the one that comforts us. He's the one that could comfort anyone. And he's also our safe place. Um, to go to and 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 cry out. Psalms are full of really raw uh, crying out emotion from people that are desperate. There's enemies surrounding all these uh, psalmists, David and others, and and yet God is right there beside them and, and fighting for them and using them. So it's a powerful way to end. Let's be people of prayer. And uh, Sean, thanks for an awesome message. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.